0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However,
0: Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that has yet to finish its pre-season training, as you can probably tell from the chaos beforehand. Right, like the proverbial bad penny, the Chelsea Fancast is back, and so is Chelsea, kind of. Uh, The season's traditional curtain-raiser pitted uh, FA Cup winners Chelsea against league winners Man City. Sounds great, doesn't it? But in truth, the community slash charity shield is nothing more than a pre-season friendly it's horrible to lose of course as with any game but with half the team missing and the rest underprepared does it really matter the only charity shield I remember was the one where Leeds Billy Bremner and Liverpool's Kevin Keegan tried to kick the shit out of each other now that's what I call football but fear not dear children proper football will be with us soon as Chelsea take on Huddersfield next weekend the big question is Will Chelsea be ready? Indeed, are we ready? All will be revealed. The Chelsea fancast number 428, care in the community. Mark Worrell, the great, the legendary Mark Worrell, a man that I have missed for the entire summer. It's so lovely to have you back on the fancast, mate. How are you?
3: Buonasera, come vai?
0: Well, I'm very hot, actually, mate. as I was moaning before... Yeah, well, very, very, very hot. Oh, uh, it's 34 degrees in my oh, office, mate.
3: caldissimo, scorchio. Yes.
0: scorchio. It's, it's definitely scorchio, mate. But there you go. We should not grumble about the weather because uh, we never get any decent weather uh, in England. So uh, grumbling about it is really just not the done thing, really. But there you go. But there we go. Enough of that. Right. No. Uh, on the show tonight... Uh, we'll be asking, is the Community Shield just a meaningless friendly or can we learn anything from it? In part two we take a look at what's been happening for Chelsea in pre-season uh, where are we with the transfers and who our hopes and who who our who I think what our hopes and fears are for the new season and talking of fear, we discuss the fear and loathing being played out in the internecine war being played out on social media between uh, match-going supporters aka match-going fools and global armchair keyboard warrior fans, should we be concerned. In part three, we'll have Tom from Team Profit on the phone to tell uh, tell you lot out there how to beat the bookies, uh, for those of you who like to have a bet on the football. And we'll have the usual parish notices for Love Sport, Patreon, CFC UK, the supporters trust AGM is uh, going to be with us soon, and of course the Chelsea pitch owners. Now in part four... Mark is going to tell us all about the two new books from the Gate 17 stable, which are Arrivederci Antonio and uh, The A to Z of Chelsea, Where Were You When We Were Shocking? And finally, we do have, thanks to Rootless Cosmo, Mr Alan Gavarin, we've got one email for Jonathan to read out. Because, of course, you know we didn't expect any of it being the first uh, show, and, of course, I didn't bother to tell you, did I? But there you go. Now, don't forget... You can listen to this show for now because it's the first one of the new season every Monday, apart from when it's on a Tuesday, uh, every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, if you do that, you can join the wondrous amounts of people who are populating the Mixler chat room as we speak, all eager and delighted that uh, to, to have us back in their lives, I'm sure. Actually, they pretty much are. They've all been quite nice. They're all very pissed off about Courtois. We will get into that in a minute, no doubt. But so many to read out. Dean Mears, Joe the Blue, Gregory Gardner, Pete Two, Hazardous17, <laughs> Blue. Uh, Le- oh, Heon's in there. Fabulous. Bob Ouzray, the lovely Bob Ouzray, Happy Bird, Byron at the CFC, Aussie sign, my broken leg. Uh, You're all in the house. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back, actually, boys. It really is. Um, I should say, um, I'm very sorry that uh, Dan Sills was supposed to be with us tonight. But, of course, uh, he had a bit of a Wi-Fi problem, Uh, so he's bailed out. He's bailed out on the basis that it would be annoying for us and me. And he doesn't want to incur my No, I didn't want him to waste his 4G signal, but there you go. Now, after this quick break, we will be back to talk about the Community Shield. (laughs) Yeah! <laughs> Right. Um okay, it was a complicated day for me yesterday. Um you know, in spite of the fact that I I have absolutely no interest in in what I term pre-season friendlies unless I've managed to get myself a nice flashy uh foreign trip to somewhere like LA so that I can actually watch it. Um but I mean, it was complicated further by the fact it was my birthday yesterday and uh, I elected therefore to spend the day in the bosom of my wonderful family, having a great lunch in a really cracking pub uh, in Winchester. So uh, so that's what I did. But I did TiVo it, and I did religiously watch it when I got home, because I'm a professional, obviously. Um, so there we go. So I did see the match, but I didn't kind of see it in real time. But, you know, that's the first thing I really kind of really wanted to kick it off with, really, because I'm a bit meh about pre-season friendlies as a whole and I think this is just another one. So, Jonathan, is it a meaningless friendly or or can we actually learn anything from it?
1: Annoyingly, I think it's a combination of the two, um, which is, uh, yes, it is a meaningless friendly and uh, we shouldn't pay much attention to it. But then again, if players play exactly the same way they played the season before... um, You'd think there hasn't been much improvement. You'd like them to start off like spring chickens and spring lambs leaping about, um, using all the energy that they've saved by being on holiday, um, or even trying to impress the new manager. Uh, but um, when they start, when they're basically no better than they were last year, you then think, Hm, mm, well, is that them? Out, out you know thrown out forever, and also because we have he 's playing with a completely new pattern i mean i you know I take my hat off to him i think I think he's uh, he wants to get the obviously like all new managers, he wants to get the best out of them um, but uh, they 're going to be ingrained in the the conte setup because that 's what they 've been doing for the last two years, and I felt as the game went on, they looked as if they wanted to play five at the back, it looked as if they wanted to uh, revert to the roles they'd been playing before. And of course his aim is to, is to have everybody really sprightly up the pitch, um, pressing as much as possible, which as the game went on, we seem to forget all about. So uh, um, it, it, it was worrying on one level, because as with every preseason we've done, we start off, um, well, we didn't start off competently, but we start off with his ideas and then seem to lose them a bit. Um, so part of me thinks, well, you know, he, he's trying a new setup. It's going to take him some time um, to get it working properly. Uh, it took Guardiola two years to get it working properly. And it's very it's it's the same idea. It's the same um, you press and you keep up as far as you possibly can. But I, after a bit, I didn't see us doing that at all. I mean, to be fair, they're, they're relentless city because he appears to have um uh, they appear to buy the best players they possibly can because, as we keep saying, they're financed by a country. So, and it took, it took, um, I'll repeat, it took Guardiola a long time to make it work. So I think it'll take a long time for Sarri to make it work. So to an extent, we should just be looking at it as work in progress. But I think um, mm. uh, it was disappointing um, just because uh, the work in progress didn't seem to be progressing from as we'd seen it against um, Inter the other day where, and Arsenal, where you could actually see that they were trying to play this pressing game and pass the ball really quickly. And Jorginho made for a very good um, a very good fulcrum for the whole team. And yet, as you've said in the intro, um, we haven't got Hazard and we haven't got uh, our, uh, our major two players, uh, Bungolo Kantei. So, uh, well, I think I think I'm half and half, Jij. I'm, I'm half and half, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, indeed, you are. Um, you're a split personality, JK. That's what what we're really saying. In fact, I, I, I haven't seen am, your voiceover, I said you're 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 a multitude of personalities, um, all of whom live just up the up Banana Hill. But anyway, moving on, uh, that's about, up, that is an in joke, by the banana way. Hill.
1: Yeah, sorry yeah,
0: that about is that, an probably. in joke for those of you who who listen to the uh the podcast of the love sport show which will go at last Fridays of course which will go up uh before I put this one up tonight I promise but uh, I mean Marco I mean I I kind of feel much the same as JK but I I think number 1 you know they've clearly not had enough time to adapt to Sarri's methods yet uh and as JK said it's taken you know 2 years for uh uh for uh, for Pep Guardiola to get that into uh, the city players but of course the other thing is you know technically we we we've also had our best three players missing in in hazard definitely kante absolutely and uh and courtois much as it hates me to uh, pronounce, you know say his name but you know i think a combination of those two it was always going to be tough wasn't it mate
3: yeah i mean i, I think i think what's interesting is, um city now Remind me of Chelsea um, on a couple of occasions in the past 15 years. They've got two players pretty much, you know, on the button in in every position. Um, So, you know, whilst they they had De Bruyne on the bench, you've got Bernardo Silva there, who's, I I don't know, he was exceptional yesterday. Um, So, you know, I think think Chelsea's um, kind of, you know, saying that we haven't got Kante, you know, who's obviously worth three players. You know, all of, all of those things are fair enough, but it kind of exposes or exposed certainly yesterday the limitations of um, what, what Sarri's got to work with in, in comparison with what Guardiola has to work with. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's a system thing um, or, or, or just... You know, basically shortcomings of a squad thing. I think they're two slightly different things, and and to be honest with you, more more to be concerned about. Um, I mean, my biggest concern, sort of heading into the season, is um, you know not so much the, the new system thing because if you look back to you know Conte sort of punched that three five three system or three five two system into Chelsea really quickly Um, but you know he had a good squad of players at a time when it was a competitive squad against the other squads and I just think we've kind of you know we've just fallen behind in in that whole game and I know you know there's there's this whole um, you know there's a there are God knows how many millions of Chelsea Twitterati out there who could constantly say and sack the board and Marina doesn't know what she's doing etc etc etc. But but you know the point is I can understand where they're coming from. Um, if you take a look at uh, you know Manchester City and what the resources they have available and the setup of that club and and where Chelsea are today you know Chelsea should be should have got to where Manchester City are now and have managed to get to in it's only 10 years since um you know the qatari mob got got hold of them so it's I don't know it's 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 a, it's a tricky one and I'm not really sure you know you can you've already you can already see the the, the the signs of impatient. There are people impatient with the board. There are people already impatient with Sarri. Um, there are people impatient with the players. Well, uh, I, you know, the meltdown, the
0: meltdown. No, well, I just, before. yeah, but I, I think that needs a bit of perspective actually, because I, I mean the pe- the you know the people who are disappointed. Uh, you know, I, I I would I wouldn't I would I would value their their uh, their comment or or whatever to the extent that oh, yeah, I wouldn't no, even no, use no, it for no, bog roll i'm
3: just i'm general I'm, I'm generalizing but but even sort of among the should, should we not not necessarily dive into it too deeply but even amongst the the kind of the match going fraternity there's um some some clear divisions of opinion about you know sarri and Squad-related issues, and you know the, the the whole Chelsea piece in general. And I think, you know, my, my, you know, the point I was trying to make just about yesterday in general is, City are, um, you know, they're, they're an entity now, you know, they're, they're a machine, um, and and Chelsea aren't, and it showed uh, all over the pitch yesterday, and it showed, you know, on, on the dugout. Um, you know it's,
0: it's it's a tricky one hmm. well i mean i i agree with a lot of what you said there mark i mean what 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 fascinates me and something that occurred to me i mean okay given the fact that they haven't had enough time yet and i think that that's actually fair enough uh and it's it's a peculiar start to the season because of the 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 delay in getting sarri for all of the reasons that we know uh of course the the knock on effect of the world cup meaning none of the you know we haven't got the whole squad together yet that's compounded it but the other thought that has occurred to me is that you know Sarri's way of football is is completely different from what Conte was playing, uh, and it kind of made me wonder when I was watching the match yesterday. Do we actually have the right players, Jonathan, to you know to play Sarri's system? In other words, are we going to end up with square pegs trying to be fitted into round holes?
1: Well, isn't isn't he supposed to be the? Uh, are you hearing me all right, Hitch? Yeah. 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 Are you hearing me all right? Yeah, you're good, good. Um, isn't he supposed to be, similar to as Conte was when he was appointed, a manager who can make um, average players into excellent ones? Haven't haven't Chelsea fallen for that, if, if that's the expression? Haven't they? Hasn't well, that, he said, well, whoever you give me, I will make them into a top team? Because he did it with a not very good side at Napoli. Isn't that the aim? So this appeals hugely yeah. to... Um, This desire that, I mean, I echo an element of what Marco says. Um, We're we're so, we are immensely far behind City, but I think that's mostly to do with this bizarre financial fair play thing that I just don't get because we always seem to be quoting financial fair play as being the reason why we don't spend huge amounts of money on players. And yet um, uh, City buy three 50, 50 million pound players every season. They do what... Um, Liverpool used to do when they were top team. They bought great players. They bought two or three great players at, at the at the beginning of the next season to freshen it all up. And uh, and that's what um, that's what lots of fans expect. Having the money that Abramovich has, but clearly Abramovich wants it to be done within financial fair play. Yet why, therefore, are we not able to do it and balance the books? And C- and City can balance the books. I haven't I haven't quite worked that out yet. But but regardless of that, um, uh, I sympathise with those people thinking, well, shouldn't we be getting the kind of player that Sarri wants to ease this plan uh, into operation? Because let's be honest, um, the way that Morata's played in pre-season, I don't want to prejudge him, it's not fair, because he was wonderful when he arrived, but he's he's got exactly the same faults that he had when we watched him towards the end of last season. And he doesn't make an impact. And you wonder. I mean, I think we were falsely associated with Higuain. I think that was all rubbish. But I've, and because he's gone off to Milan. But I think uh, I think um perhaps he needs a better a better striker or a striker that fits. It may be that it's Giroud. I feel terrible sympathy for the man because how on earth is he supposed to work out whether any of these people fit into his plans if they haven't appeared yet? And also, well, how is the exactly. board supposed to? How is the board? Supposed to have a transfer policy. If he similarly has not got a team together that he thinks is the best team, how can he know at this stage what is the team he wants to work with? He's got five days of the transfer window left. What is he supposed to do? How can he say, actually, I don't think any of the centre forwards work? He hasn't even played with Batchwi Sh- Bat yet. I mean, mind you, I could tell him. I don't think that. I don't think that's going to work at all because my because our memory is, if we remember. Um, from uh, the, the info we got was that he is a, a very slow learner, if at all, Batch Y, which is not what you're going to need under this system, which needs to be implemented pretty quickly. So uh, I, I, so perhaps perhaps there will be late transfer activity, perhaps there's activity at the moment, perhaps he's feeding info to the board, but it's all got to be done in an unbelievably ludicrously quick fashion the very fact that he hasn't played with either kante or hazard or bachwai or Giroud is just absolutely ridiculous for the poor man and and i i you know i i knowing that napoli actually did play a wonderful form of football that we in no way looked as if we were achieving yesterday but part of the reason why we didn't look as if we were achieving it was because city are so good and city play the same thing but twice as quickly i was just noticing the the slightly half-hearted efforts in the last twenty minutes of new players coming on, like Abraham, to actually close down the goalkeeper—it's an essential thing. You—they're all doing it all the time. City, they are non-stop at you. And interesting enough, after the first half hour, City tired a bit because they're all over us, pressing, pressing. They tired a bit, and that's when we came back in the game. And Hudson Odoi had his. Had that chance when he went into the middle, and and if it had been Aguero, he'd have scored. But you know, but good luck to Hudson Odoi. We're going to talk about him. You know, I mean, I, I'm I, I, ultimately, um, I think he has a role to play, but he can't play in that position because that's where Hazard plays. So uh, and I, similarly, I, I did uh, for me, William. I thought William would be perfect for this system, but I found him there. He was again playing at the back on one occasion. You think, no, surely, if we're playing this pressing setup where everybody has to be as far forward as possible, you've got to be r- up there on the right wing. You can't come back and defend. But Jonathan, 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 yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan,
0: Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. This is the point that we were making and I made earlier on. Either, you know, I agree with you what you say about Sarri, is that I think he has been brought in to get the best out of what he's got to a degree. But if the if what he's got are not capable of playing his system now, it's going to take a while. And Nobody, in fact, there will be players there, I think. Hang on, just just hear me out. There will be players there that will never get it. And I think Aussie, our mate Aussie, uh, Alan, has basically just put up here, City were buying pet players long before he arrived because they had a proper strategy. And there's been a lot of comments on Mixler pretty much uh, making that, you know, that basically City have got a director of football, they've got people in there who know their football, there's been a... A proper plan and this picks up on what Marco was saying about the fact you know that we, we we seem to be behind them and yet we had a head start it's because we've not had that long-term plan in place and I think that's that could be a problem for for Sarri because it's going to take him time I think do you not agree
1: yeah completely that's that's been my point no. I don't I don't know yeah. how he can possibly oh we're agreeing I think we
0: are mm. well we shall talk more about this in a minute because I, I want to end the first part on a high note of the rare thing uh i'm glad it's happened in the first show but jonathan and i are in complete agreement how about that okay <laughs> special for the uh, first show of the new season anyway because we've, cause we've see, the thing is marco i reckon
1: what i have changed my views
0: have you <clears throat> Well, I was going to say. I wonder I if it's because we 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 we're on we're on a show together in the same room on a Friday on Love Sport, and I wonder if that's uh, kind of um, helped our understanding of each
1: other's viewpoints. No, I don't think so at all.
3: <laughs> no, I don't
1: think it's to do with that. I knew it wouldn't <laughs> last. I knew it wouldn't last.
0: Anyway, listen. Let me just uh, let, no, let me it, just throw to anyway, the break. Anyway, carry on. We'll, you we'll carry get back on. into all of this. Yeah, right. After the break, uh, we're going to take a look at what's been happening for Chelsea in the preseason. I mean, we've been touching on that uh, as you as you've just heard. But uh, where where are we with the transfers, and uh, what are our hopes and fears for the new season? And talking of fear, uh, we discussed the fear and loathing being played out in the internecine war between the social um, on social media between the match going supporters and the global armchair keyboard warrior fans. Should we be concerned? Anyway. We will be, oh, and I suspect we're bugging a bit of courtois in this, but we'll be back in a sec.
2: The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters. And
0: proper Chelsea. Right, uh, welcome back. I'm Sam Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, the first one of the new season. I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. Uh, Lots and lots of stuff going to be coming out uh, this year. But, uh, of course, in the interim, there's the army, the army of Chelsea Fancast bloggers who I personally love. I love like a brother or a father or whatever you want to, however you want to put it. Uh, so do go and read all of their great stuff at chelseafancast dot com. Now, uh, the first thing on the agenda, obviously, we are kind of technically still in pre season, so that means that uh, not anything of consequence has happened. You could argue, but that would be that would be utterly miserable of me to just uh, to just say that. So I'm going to retract that comment. But. Um, I think overriding thought that I was kind of alluding to before the break, really, is that, you know, this this summer of all summers, it was going to be very, very tricky. You know, not least because we, you know, took so long to appoint Sari for the messy contractual dispensing of Conte. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, the World Cup, which, you know, means we still haven't got some of our best players back. And, of course... We've got, you know, only... Well, I mean, to be fair, all clubs seem to do it these days, but Chelsea are a big offender here in my book. You know, going overseas uh, to Australia and to play a bloody match, I mean, you know, they they would... Surely their time would have been better spent, uh, you know, here, with less travelling and all of that malarkey, but apparently not. So there you go. So all in all, I think a, a, a very frustrating summer for, for Mr, Mr. Sarri. I mean, Marco, I mean... <laughs> As I said, I know it's kind of the same for for most clubs, but there seems like a bit of shooting in foot going on here, doesn't there? They've made it a bit worse, I think, haven't they?
3: Well, I I think just about made it as difficult as you could, short short of, um, you know, sacking a manager midway through the season and bringing somebody else in, you know, when you've kind of got that kind of scenario is it's not too far short of that. I mean, hes what well, he's been by the time we play Huddersfield, he'd have been in the job four weeks. So, um, and he, you know, as, as he's already stated because of the world cup, he won't, he'd, he he will not have had the opportunity to work for, with, um, you know, three, well, six, as he said, uh, mem- members of his squad, of which maybe three are key. um, you know depending on your point of view so so yeah absolutely we've made it difficult for ourselves um, but then we always do don't we um, you know I mean we got it right we got it right with the, the Conte appointment originally you know that was kind of made in April everybody knew he was coming on board you know you know the euro competition was um, on when uh, Conte, was coming on board. He he was still managing Italy, wasn't he? But um, you know, the the, the 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 scenario was completely different. Um, you know, we signed Kante and then there were the sort of the last last deadline day signings of um, Luis and Alonso, and sort of the expectation was a little bit mixed. Um, but this time around, it just just doesn't. You know, none of it sits really easy um you know there was that first pre-season game with um perth gloria and everybody was going wow look at look at this style of football Jorginho Hudson Adai it's going to be brilliant um and then gradually game by game um you know the, the stark realization set in that ball Ball as, as um the, the, the PlayStation kids call it, it isn't going to happen overnight. And, you know, really we do need our best players and, and maybe we need a, a couple of additions to that team um, to function the way um, Sarri wants to play. I mean, you know, the abuse Alonso is, is ridiculous, plainly. you know, people say, no, you know, he's not a left-back Um all of these things take time. Um, and unfortunately, when it comes to Chelsea, it's a commodity that managers aren't really given too much supply of. So uh, I thought it was really interesting, actually, that um, I think it was one of the Napoli, um, main Napoli feeds, uh, tweeted yesterday afternoon after the game. Uh, they tweeted Sarri's first the results of Sarri's first five games when he became yes. Napoli manager and, and they were pretty awful I think apart from beating Lazio 5-0 which I'm sure went down very well they, they I think they lost lost two and drew two or it wasn't good anyway Marco uh, can I read them out to you
1: have you got them in front of you go on I do yes Sassuolo I've never heard of them two Sassuolo. Napoli Sassuolo two Napoli one Napoli two Sampdoria two Empoli two Napoli two Napoli 5, Lazio 0, Carpi 0, N- Napoli 0. Yeah, well,
3: there it you go. The
1: first five. And he says, and the, the, the tweet, all I loved about the tweet was was Chelsea fans, don't worry. These were Sarri's first five games as Napoli <laughs> manager, which was rather sweet, actually, wasn't it? It was rather nice to do that. So. Well, uh, the sad thing than...
0: is, though, sorry, Marco, but the sad thing is, you know, that that's fine and, and, and fair play to D horrendous for... Having faith and patience, but can you see our board and Roman being patient with that? Five, five whopping great defeats like that to kick-start the season. You know, he'll have his P forty-five before Mourinho will. Well,
3: uh, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's kind of like we're talking about degrees of involvement now. I mean, there's you know, lurking around in the background. Um, you know, over the summer was the sort of out-of-nowhere decision that the stadium development was going to be put on hold. Um, You know, the signing of Jorginho, great, but, you know, missing out on alleged transfer targets. I mean, the the, the amount of in the no that's gone on this summer (laughs) is is, um,
1: beggar's belief, to be honest with you. I mean, Marco, come, let's be frank, wasn't most of it absolute bollocks? I mean, for God's (laughs) sake. Yeah, I
3: mean, to be honest with you, I think... What 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 what? There two things that I, I find interesting. I mean, you know, if you take the likes of um, I don't know Henry Winter, somebody like that, um, you know, has he got involved in any of this nonsense? Writing none, about no. none because it, because Henry knows what we all know and what was very capably demonstrated by the Chelsea board when they made that announcement about the stadium. Um, it's it's a closed shop. Nobody knows. So, you know, agents making stuff up and that clown in Italy, um, Alfredo Pedula, who seems to have made himself some self-styled sort of celebrity. Um, You know, all all of that has just created um, a degree of expectation which perhaps was was never in existence, um, you know. So the the border being slaughtered in certain quarters for not doing something that they were never actually doing in the first place. But and,
1: because, and also we must still remember with he he must be making they must be making decisions about players at this moment because yeah. they they can't have the squad that they've got. They've got to put lots of people out on loan. Yeah, and,
3: I they've, mean, got
1: in, and they've got they've got to sell people. That's going to happen
3: this week, you know. My point is, I mean, obviously, we've already seen because the championship kicked off um, at the weekend, you know, we've seen some of our brighter young things get, um, you know, make an impact with their various championship loan clubs. So, you know, all of that's happening um, behind the scenes. I I think the frustration is that. You know, the the, the signings haven't been made to the first team. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if you look back, you know, look back to when um, Conte uh, joined the club. You know, they signed Kante, um, they signed Batshuai and then nothing happened. You know, with the usual talks about Lukaku, you know, all all of those conversations, Um, none of it ever happened. So, to um, suddenly sort of half expect it was all going to happen this summer, um, you know, when they still hadn't got rid of Conte and the Sarri deal wasn't done. Um, you know, I, I mean, I do definitely think, um, you know, m- as much maligned as he was, um, Emanalo Certainly, um, that, that so
1: position missed,
3: and and to 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 delve even deeper, I had this conversation with somebody o- over the summer. You know, I mean, I remember being in Monaco, abusing, hurling abuse at um, Peter Kenyon as he walked across the pitch. Um, I think that was two thousand and four when when we lost to Monaco out there, um, and you know, actually that guy was a real football guy. And, you know, to a lesser extent, so was Ron Gawley. But, you know, they got stuff done. Um, And we just don't seem to be able to get stuff done in the same way that um, other football clubs that are now better configured than Chelsea are from a backroom perspective. And you could probably, I mean, I would, Probably say put Chelsea, I don't know, you know, behind behind all the you behind the top six. You know, even Everton have sorted themselves out in that respect.
1: Well, Liverpool certainly has, just, haven't um, they, Mark? Oh, no,
3: no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, the 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 other five clubs out of the top six. I mean, yeah. ask sort of a question mark about ownership, and there's all kinds of rumblings there. But in general. Um, they're just set up to be um, a 21st century football club. Um, and, and we seem to be, you know, we just haven't, we haven't maximised the advantage that Abramovich gave us, buying us 15 years ago. And, you know, that's, you know, you, you look at that and you think, well, who, whose fault is that ultimately? Um you have to look at the the, the,
0: the big guy bankrolling it all in, in, wow. in his own inimitable way. You kind of do, really, and I don't know, Marco. you, Marco? Know. I'm just just, just going to move it on a tad uh, because, you know, as I said, I, we, we are all so long in the tooth. We know never to get uh, excited by much of what we see in pre-season. But I have to say that Callum Hudson-Odoi has looked really good. Uh, you know, it's the first kind of chance I've had to see him you know, play a whole game. And he he looks a player, J.K. And I actually think that Jorginho chap looks like he could be a good signing as well. What what do you think, mate?
1: Yeah, I think think, Hudson-Odoi's had a fantastic pre-season, hasn't he? He's revealed to us that uh, um, he has the potential to be the star that everybody has predicted he would be. Um, The problem is, will uh, the manager be happy to have a 17-year-old playing? Um, uh, Or will he then think, what would he think would he think it would be better to have him out on loan to get more experience because the chances are he won't play in the first team that often um uh, because H- hazard fulfills that role coming in well, from exactly. there unless he unless he changes changes hazard's um involvement in the in the setup um and Jorginho i think works beautifully um uh, as that kind of, I think I said earlier, kind of central fulcrum. But it's a question of who he plays with, isn't it? I and mean, when I thought Barclay seems to have come on somewhat, um, uh, and made a made a case for being included, um, uh, I still think he needs a bit more uh, involvement. But where uh, does that mean then that Fabregas doesn't play? I thought Fabregas looked knackered after half an hour playing against City, which was our complaint about him last year. Is what I said in my when i initially started talking about this i thought there were some players who just revealed that they were as as um um what's the word they they weren't as capable they weren't very capable last year and they weren't capable this year in the second half of the season um but no, i think i think Jorginho would what well, we've yet to see haven't we Chidge? whether mm-hmm. whether Jorginho how Jorginho works with kante how he works makes it well, work yeah. who does he put yeah. with them who's he who's he who in his mind is he going to sort out i mean the game on wednesday um should be interesting because he should be playing a team that is similar to the one that he plays against Huddersfield, shouldn't he well, According we'll to hope. what he but sees it'll be in the training. first time but, then, yeah, but,
0: but it'll be the first time that we've seen kante under sarre and possibly hazard so you know it's one in, game in it's, this setup but also so then, late, then where, is Lo- where
1: is where is loftus cheek in this um setup
0: does well, he and where we, is we,
1: Bakayoko? Are, are well, they both yeah. marginalised? Yeah, I mean, you know, and knows? how does he and how does he set the how does he set the the defence up? Um, I I I felt that um, uh, we're suddenly back into a situation with Louise. There was I uh, championing his cause because he was so wonderful the season before last when won the title. But in a four, does he become a bit of a liability? You know, the idea is supposed to be, isn't it, that. Is supposed to be supposed to have shouted out. If you take sorry, shouted out. You take more than two touches, I kill you. Well, towards the end of that game um, in the the community shield, Louise was doing his usual. I'll pat the ball about a bit. I'll look here. I'll look there. I'll look and I'll play a pass into touch. You know, which is what we saw um, this in the in the era before he got transferred to PSG. You know, so. Um, you you wonder whether this system will, will suit him. Will the system suit Christensen? Is Dave going to be as good at right back as he was before? Who's going to be the left back? Is it going to be Emerson, who's more of a left back than Alonso? Is Alonso more of an attacker? All these questions need to be answered. And, uh, yeah. and to me, the Wednesday night game is going to be very interesting.
0: Well, indeed. And I think, you know, the po- the bottom line is, is that, the- that all this, I-, I feel that this should have been answered before now. Although, as I said, to-, to a certain degree, I can understand why it hasn't been. I mean, obviously, you know, as you- you've you both been mentioning, the dreaded transfer window slams shut. Or is it the transfer door slams shut on uh, at half five on Thursday? Um, and, of course, the news that's been kicking around today is that the, the, bi- the big-nosed waffle muncher, also known as Thibaut Courtois, uh, has thrown a bit of a moody and uh, not turned up at Cobham where he was supposed to be, according to Matt Law in the Telegraph. You know, so we, I oh, suppose he didn't the rest of that is probably oh, fairly true. God. So um, you oh. know, basically, he's trying to force his way out to get his his uh, his you know sale to Real Madrid sorted out, uh, which is interesting. You know, because I, I I had written down I've been saying for weeks that whilst I can understand why we need some players, uh particularly in the context of you know what Sari thinks he might need for his style of play i felt it was always going to be more important that we kept hold of i in fact i said on talk sport yesterday i said for me a successful transfer window to a certain extent will be keeping hold of 3 out of 4 of hazard kante William, and courtois and it looks as though Hazard, Kante and William are staying and Courtois is going, so it sounds like I got that right. But I think the bottom line is, Marco, you know, do do we need some signings or can Sarri work with what he's got? And I think that also kind of fits in with the, you know, will the youth get a chance? And if so, who are, who are the best bets? Um, do you
3: know what? I, I've, I almost... Part of me sort of feels... What would be interesting would be if, if you know, like, like the Spanish clubs seem to be um, fairly frequently hit with uh, transfer embargoes. I just think it'd be nice if you said, right, that's it. Work with what you've got. Um, and, you know, just to pick up on that point about Hudson-Odoi can play anywhere across the front three. Front three. Um, so, you know, Hazard coming back. You know, look, look what Surrey did with Drees Mertens. He it, converted him into a striker. Um, you know, any, any anything's possible. You know, the, 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 there's a there's a deep fund of talent in that Chelsea squad. Um, as as you know, we we see with the, the the latest crop that have gone out on loan, starring at the weekend. You know, yeah, Hudson had boys seventeen. You know, in a couple of years older, but he's been doing it. You know, I I, I just think, you know, going all the way back to sort of Eddie McCready in the second division, taking a bunch of young kids because he had nothing else to work with and, you know, and doing something with them. Um, And I thought what was interesting about hudson Adoy, you know, why, why he sort of made the impression that he did prior to yesterday he just played his own game played without fear and he just ran at defenders from the off i think yesterday you know he, he kind of thought oh carl walker you know he he's good he plays for england and he stood off him for about 30 minutes um, and then finally throwing on a minute it's carl walker and started having a go um, and getting around the back and um, you know and creating stuff and and i just think th- th- there are players in that squad i mean it's it's like the kid bulker you know marsan bulker i mean he's he's 18 um you know
1: he, he did look he, great he look, didn't he he, he looked he fantastic.
3: Could, you know he could play you know why can't he play for chelsea's first team why do we you know, I remember tweeting about Jack Butland two days after we won the FA Cup final and people were moaning about quarter one. I said, well, you know, why don't we go and sign Jack Butland? And, you know, there's this huge public outcry saying, well, oh, he's rubbish. Look at all the goals he's letting. You know, but he's playing for Stoke. Um, <laughs> you know, all of those things, you know, this, you know, I mean, look at Spur, how much money have Spurs spent this summer? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are, are, are Spurs fans throwing all their rattles out? They
1: are, they but,
3: are. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I have to I've be honest. I make, have to be I honest. Offered, I have to be honest. I don't.
0: Play. I have to be honest. I don't actually know any Spurs uh, fans, so I wouldn't know. I, I don't, you know, I've made a I've made a point of that. Um, I think that's a good point you made there, Marco. I mean, you know, it kind of t- tallies in with the other thing that I was thinking. In the light of the fact that I mean, this is the thing with Chelsea, isn't it, Jonathan? You never know. Marco was alluding uh, alluding to the the fact that it's 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 you know I can't think of the right analogy, but they're bloody quiet. They never tell us anything. But you know, quite often we've seen at the end of a transfer window, we we sign some stellar player that nobody saw coming at all. Um but that being the case, that's I mean, where I, are we hoping. short? I mean, I, 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 hang, hang on a minute, mate. Well, let me ask you the question. Where, where are we short? I mean, I would say definitely up, up front, striker. But you could argue that we, we need to bolster midfield and defence. And, of course, now we need a replacement goalkeeper by the looks of it.
1: Well, I think everybody would be happy if we had three huge stellar players suddenly appear. But um, in five days, that's not going to happen unless they've got a list of people they want to get rid of already. Um, and then it, it slightly means that poor old Giroud won't be given an opportunity because uh, Giroud had a decent World Cup, of course, winning, being involved in the winning side. So perhaps Giroud is the answer. Perhaps Giroud can make it work for the plan that uh, that Sarri has. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. The uh, to, to me, you need a um, you need a kind of Aguero style. Centre forward. I think that he he worked. Higuain was was touted, as I said, because of his um, his size and ability to uh, to be a kind of battering ram up front, which I don't think Giroud is. You need another Drogba for that, um, and I don't think one appears to be on the horizon. Uh, perhaps a Lukaku would have worked in this setup. I I don't know who. Um, I think, as Marco was saying, I think he can make other um, non non um, Large centre forwards into uh, into strikers in his in his setup. Um, uh, the, the, I, I, I sort of agree completely to to an extent with Marco, is that we do have a very talented side, um, uh, and and given the right
3: alchemy, it should work. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, you know, if I can just start, come in come in there. Yeah, of I, course. If if I think if Sarri had had, you know a. a some more time to to, to to work on this with you know with the squad um things would be a lot, a lot better um but you know we're going into this first league game on saturday and uh, you know he's right to say well look you know the, the the arguably the two best players um in the team kante and hazard he hasn't had a chance to to work with
1: you know and, after- so how can he make a decision at all, Marco? It's, it's he's oh, in a completely dreadful place, isn't he? How is he supposed to? He must be working sheets at the moment of saying, "I don't want him. I don't need him. He's not good enough." How has he been able to make this assessment? He must be a very canny assessor of players, of knowing what works in his yeah. setup.
3: I don't know if you if you looked if you watched his body language yesterday. He looked um, distressed. He Looked like <laughs> so troubled. He looked like a man who was going to get home and chain smoke his way through 60 merit. Cigarettes. <laughs> 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 um, He's got
1: special Arab cigarettes for this particular moment. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But no, I, I, well, um, I I, I'm say, in a position I mean, wise. I don't know. You know, you give Barkley a go. Barkley looked pretty good. Do you give him a go? Do you need to buy anybody if you've got Barkley? Was that the, uh, was that the aim originally that, that that's why they bought him from Everton? That they, uh, that he was supposed to do this in the second season, improve and get back to what he was, because he was a decent player at Everton, wasn't he? Um, in the period before he got injured, he, he he had games where he ran it completely, and there was and he was playing for England. Perhaps he, they're hoping he'll achieve that that those heights again. He he, he was actually giving sorry, he was giving drink water a go. Perhaps he likes his industry. He was ahead of Bakayoko. I have to say, Bakayoko looked as if he, he could hardly stand up in the in the previous. Uh, um, in in the game that he played. So perhaps he perhaps it's just like those one of those dreadful um, um, uh, five aside games where I mean, actually, I, I, I compare it to when I auditioned for the film Yesterday's Hero, where um, there are about 60 actors all standing around trying to impress upon the casting director and Frank McClintock, that they're all decent players. So they'll be chosen for the final game where they're chosen to be the players that play in the film. And you think, Oh, I've got to make an impact. I've got to do something. And you've got some decent players failed to do anything at all because they weren't seen. And you wonder whether the pressure is on the players and you think, God, they're not doing it. It's like, it's almost like strictly, they failed in the, in the, in the, in the heat. So they've been voted off, you know, poor old, what's happened to Loftus cheek for God's sake. He looks as if he will be on loan. He, have we seen him? No. When he came on, he didn't do much. He didn't give, get given an opportunity. Is what's he seeing in training? It must be an unbelievably tense series of training sessions going on, where he just ticks somebody or says he's not for me. He's for me. He's for me. And then knowing that the is, other coming back This is always the way might, with might a new manager, though, out. isn't it? This is always the always, way with a new manager, been, though. Absolutely, isn't it? but it's being done in an unbelievably feverish way because they've got oh, yeah. to sell. They've got to sell some of these well, players and put them out on loan. They must, otherwise, well, they've got maybe so. huge well, look, wage bill you know, for people given they Given all won't of want. this,
0: given all of this, I mean, you know, what do we? What do we hope for, for this? You know, what are our expectations? Uh, you know, what would we settle for in a sense this season, Marco? Where, where, where do you where do you see it going this season? What would you be happy with? What
3: would I be happy with? Well, what would um, you settle I'd, for? I'd what, you, ha- what, are you, what are your
0: expectations?
3: What, what? What I hope is we don't sack the manager halfway through the season because oh. I can see that coming. Because you th- you think it you might know, happen? Well, I, c- I can I can see you know Chelsea getting left left behind. Um, the top four never going to happen. Just don't see it. I, th- I just think we'll be left at the starting gate. You know, if it, if it takes Sari three or four months to Get get everything together. You know, you look how fast. You know, how many points were behind City last season? Thirty, was it? Was Mm. it thirty? It was thirty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I just I cannot see us getting into that top four, top five, top six. It's going to be an ordeal. Um, I mean, it really is going to be an ordeal at the outset. You know. yeah, miracles do happen. You know, maybe we'll win three nil at Huddersfield on Saturday, and and everybody will be, wow, brilliant, and it all clicks into place, and that could happen. You know, same. You know, it happened for that fella Bielsa, who's kind of a Sari-like character, uh, except he's obviously achieved a lot more um, at Leeds. You know, and they they kind of won three one, and you know, new system and all that stuff. Um, but. I, the, 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 the level of expectation uh, you know my my hope is we don't do anything stupid and sack the manager after uh 3 months if, if you know the going's tough and you know we're sitting there in 7th or 8th um if you remember marco it was
1: um VH Boas tried to play this very same system didn't he which was the pressing game, except we were too slow and couldn't deal with well, being, I think, being I think, chipped over the front. I, I think, think
3: villas had a different, made a rod for his own back. Or, or, not necessarily, but he was given the instruction to get rid of the, old. Rid of the
1: players. That's right. Yeah,
3: So, right. you know, obviously that wasn't going to work with, with the depth of character of the players uh, within that dressing room. And that continued, you know, that, 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 saw saw Mourinho go in the end. And you know, you could argue Conte as well fell foul of that. Um I don't think that exists at Chelsea anymore. You know, where, where are the where are the leaders? You know, we've, we've had these discussions before. So you know I I just think it was a bold move appointing Sari. You know, if, if this starts stumbling and I can see it happening, just to pull the trigger on him we're just going to look stupid. And not only that, you know, what, what what happens then? Who's next? You know, I I, I can tell you, let me tell you where you heard this first. Derby will probably beat Leeds on, um, on the play Leeds next game. So they'll beat Leeds and that'll be two wins out of two for Frank. They'll be top of the championship. If we, if we don't beat Huddersfield, we'll play Arsenal and, and everybody will be thinking super Frank in the stand.
2: And, and <laughs> half, half
3: in it. Trust me, I, you know, that, that's what pe- people are just, and, and, and to be honest with you, you know, I, I can see why people would see see that, say, say that, you know, that this guy's just a placeholder now. If Frank starts doing well at Derby, you know, everybody will want to be clamouring for Lampard. I
0: guarantee it, um, uh, Jonathan. I mean that that's an in, that's an interesting point there. I mean, uh, given given what Marco's just said, uh, and uh, I mean that says everything about the expectations. And I'm thinking that you know, I I think that, that Chelsea supporters, there are a lot of Chelsea supporters out there who have, who've known nothing but success, and their expectations I think are just way unrealistic. And I think that they mirror the owner, in effect. And I think this is why the trigger gets pulled so quickly and regularly. And also, of course, because aside from the football judgments that are made, there's the business ones too. And, you know, the club is geared up to to play Champions League football and and rake in the money that comes from that. So given all of that context, JK, what are your expectations? I mean, how how long do you think uh, Sarri's going to get?
1: Well, I would hope that... I think it... Well, once again, it depends on the the transfer uh, window if, if they say, look, you're going to have to play with the players that you've got and, we're, we're, and you're going to have to cut your suit according to your cloth, they may be more understanding. And I I, I think we could easily win the Europa League, um, even if we don't have a very good league run, um, uh, a, a Premier League run, actually, because I think that you can... When you follow a big team like Chelsea,
0: one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? Nord VPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea FanCast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com
1: you start off by playing some really ropey teams and then once he once he gets the pattern working i think we could be uh, we could become a force around about december so that may keep him alive if the league position is really awful um but i i feel we we're, we're sort of jumping the gun and predicting because it's these five days coming up are absolutely crucial to the season for me as to what on earth is going to happen to the players um, and who they're going to get. Because if they are, you know, if, if if we believe that's true and Courtois is gone, they've got to really pull their fingers out to get a goalkeeper unless they've been preparing for this last week. Um, and you would hope they had been. I mean, my argument over the last year has been trust the board. They've got it right. Um, but I'm beginning to... Uh, to weaken and to quaver in that um, suggestion. Because I think that uh, perhaps, um, I think he may have lost enthusiasm for it, uh, Abramovich. And that's why he's he's the whole process of he doesn't want to build the, the ground. Wow. Um, and he's quite happy for them to be self-sustaining now. And if they are supposed to be self-sustaining, they won't be buying anybody. Um, they won't buy any, any huge players. Jorginho at 59 million will be the big, the big player that they bought, and that'll be it. But once again, it's so dependent on what other deals are going through. If they've got, you know, an excess at the end of these four days, they might they might set somebody else up, as long as they don't do a, a ludicrous panic buy and buy drink water at the last minute, who who's who's injured. We can't have any more of these buying injured players. Well, that was just appalling, I mean, it be,
3: wasn't it? Yeah. It
1: was appalling. Well, they're talking they?
3: about Aaron Ramsey now, aren't they? Oh, that, well, yeah, injured? but I...
1: <laughs> oh, he's injured as well, I know, but I just thought that was, I felt that was some mischief-making. I thought the worst transfer rumour of the whole um, pre-season was the one where Marina and Marini and uh, Abramovich were supposed to have been at um, Juventus and oh, yeah. and buying three players.
3: Yeah.
1: One of That's whom was sh- Higuain. Complete, utter tosh made up just i mean the chances of, of them all being together making this these purchases were just so ludicrous what really upset me was the way uh, upsets the wrong word bemused me it was embraced by so many people on twitter as the truth and also yeah. embraced embraced by people who should know better people with oh, hang on hang, surely, on hang on hang on hang on we're gonna get on to this i know we're gonna get breaking no oh, no yeah. no breaking, breaking
0: news breaking news we're getting abused uh hazardous 17 well i have an issue with the name for a start uh but you you guys are talking shit ramsey would be a fucking wonderful buy i'm sorry mate the, oh, only, person God likes, the only the only person who likes aaron ramsey is carbis or, or basically keon and that's only because he's welsh because he's well I mean, mate no
3: ramsey fuck he's off injured. He's, uh, like he's, injured. he's injured he's like jack and he's
0: injured and he's injured um listen chaps you know, um you know we're going to move it on because i uh, if if we're lucky i'll do the whole fear and loathing nappy shitting section at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh the show if we can fit it in because uh, we need to get tom on the line in a minute because we're running late for him but i i, I, I just to sure. pick up on what you said jonathan i think that we're in a you know, I, I think that gone are the days when we would try and compete with the likes of, of, of the nation state clubs like City and uh, United have always got money, yada, yada, yada. But I do think we have a rare opportunity here. If Roman is not so keen to splash the cash as he used to be, and we know he he's yeah, always yeah. wanted to see kind of attacking football, he's brought in a manager who will do that. There's a chance if we don't buy lots of players that we can start bringing in some of the young players who have got loads of talent. So that would be wonderful to see. But what worries me is that, you know, it's it, is it going to become an argument of substance versus style? In other words, we might play pretty football, but uh, we won't win anything. And and then what um, I think the key to this is Roman Abramovich. If he's either disinterested or he just, you know, wants to, to create something different, then I think it could work. If he can't, you know, if he can't bear to not be successful like a lot of our supporter base, no, sorry, fan base, then it's then it's all going to go wrong again. I, for one, would be prepared to just see what happens. I'm, I, I'm a bit like you and Jonathan, uh, you and Marco here. Let's just see what happens. Let's give this guy a chance. Let's see what we can produce. Because I, I think actually, you know, that I think it's not an immutable fact that you you either play, you know, stoical, uh, grinding it out, winning football. Uh, and you know, win stuff, or you just play pretty attacking football and don't win stuff. I think you can do both, and I would love to see this guy have a chance to do it. Anyway, on that happy and positive note, uh, I'm sorry to cut the boys off, but we've got to get this guy Tom on the line, and he's from Team Profit, and he's going to tell us all about how we beat the bookies for those of you who like a bet on the football like Marco does, uh, and we'll have the yeah. usual kind of... Uh, yeah, and we'll have the usual kind of notices that we always have. We'll see you in a second.
2: fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast proper Chelsea.
1: footballfancast.com
0: right welcome back I'm Stanford Cheerge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast of course the first one of the new season we're excited very pumped up even though no meaningful games have taken place yet And they won't until Saturday. Um, uh, Quick shout-out, as always, for the ChelseaFanCast.com website and the wonderful uh, writers that we have there. And hopefully sometime during the show, Gion will tweet me the list of writers so I can give them a right royal plug because they deserve it for their fantastic and much-appreciated efforts. Now, um, because there's bugger-all football to talk about, um, I've been kind of uh, communicating by email with a lovely lad called Tom who uh, works for a company called Team Profit. Now, there's a name to conjure, isn't it? Team Profit. The clue is in the question. It's all about making money. And the way that these guys help you lot make money uh, is through betting on football, basically. Um, but uh, we've got Tom on the line now, which I'm delighted with. And Dean Mears has always already said me. So we've got some bettors in the, in the Mixler chat room, Tom, who listen to the show live. Uh, but tell us about uh. Team
4: Profit. How, how does it all
0: work? What's it all about?
4: Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, we're a free website and we just teach people how to do a thing called match betting. Um, if you imagine like Bet365 or Labbrooks or any bookie you've seen, they always give you like a promotion to sign up to them, like bet £10, get £10. And as a traditional punter, you're just going to chuck your 10 quid on, say, Chelsea to win a match, get your free bet and also chuck that on something. You might win, you might lose. But what we do is we'll sign up to the website. We'll bet, say, £10 on Chelsea to win a game. We'll go on to another website, bet against Chelsea winning the game, which is where the, the match betting bit of it comes in. And then by doing so, you're sort of offsetting uh, the loss, so you, you're never going to lose. You're either winning in one website or you're winning in the other. So you don't win any money right. either. You don't lose any money. But then by doing that, you get a free bet. And then you free bet, you, you can do whatever you want. You can punt it, you can do the same thing, guarantee profit from it. And we basically just teach people how to do it you come on our website go on our facebook group and we'll just guide you through it we've got video guides telling you like um how to sign up how to claim your free bet how to guarantee profit but a lot of people just do it for punting they'll um they'll bet their 10 quid they'll offset it so they're not losing any money you got a 10 pound free bet you know bob's your uncle you can put on whatever you want if you win happy days and that, that, that's pretty much what we do we just teach people to do it
0: as dean mears just said on uh, on on mixler hopefully no draws then so if you're doing a match bet for a win
4: versus a loss, what happens if you get a draw? That's, uh, yeah, I was waiting for a question like that. Okay, so that's, in layman's terms, that's what we do. Uh, we use a website called Betfair, which you're probably all familiar with, and they've got a thing called yeah. the Betfair Exchange. On the exchange, you can essentially be the bookmaker. So rather than placing a back bet on a team to win, you can place a lay bet on the team to not win, so that right. also covers the draw. So on, say, we will bet £10 on Chelsea to win, and then on LabRooks we'll go take someone's £10 bet, which is called placing a lay bet, on Chelsea not to win. So we're covering both sides. And then you've got your, your free bet that you can just do whatever you want with. You can guarantee profit from it, or you can just punt it and, yeah, hope that you make some money. So but it's completely sense, risk-free. Like,
0: well, yeah, I think that's that's the interesting thing. And I I'm fairly stupid, as, as most people are well aware. So let me just run this back to you. So basically what you do is you put... On, on on one website, you put a bet on Chelsea to win, for example, and on another website, you put a bet on Chelsea to lose. So effectively, whatever happens, you've covered your bet, but you're going to get a yep. free bet because you, when you sign up to these uh, betting websites, they invariably will give you a free bet. And you make your money by putting the free bet on something
4: that you know will win,
0: a banker, for example. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's exactly right.
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, if you're putting, say... A ten-pound bet on something at five to one—that's going to happen one in six times. So you might lose five times in a row. You've not actually lost. who it. thinks it's a free bet. But then when it does come in, you win sixty quid. Or yeah, you could put it on a banker, like you said, and you know potentially win more often, more frequent. And there's just so many betting websites out there that you can—I think we've got like thirty-plus listed on our website at the moment. But the, the the great beauty of it is they they offer you like a sign-up bonus when you sign up, but then they keep like wanting you to come back and bet with them. So you're always getting these free bets and it's just such like a sustainable thing to do. Like if you do like a pun, mm. you could do it without actually gambling. Like it's just brilliant. <laughs> so Marco, what do you, what do you think
0: of that? I mean, you're the, you're the the betting expert, you know, on the show tonight. Yeah. Really I mean, I must
3: I do, I do. I, do, um, I think the, the, uh, there is one, um, bookmaker who, who gives sort of free offers pretty much every week and um, I, I sort of do the match betting thing with Betfair so I'm quite au fait with um, what, what Tom's talking about here and yeah you, you can make, I mean what I tend to do is sort of take the profits and then I'll, I'll accumulate I'll, I'll have some like long um, long range bets Sort of, well, I, know, I mean, I suppose they're anti-post if it was horses, but sort of long-term bets that I'll put money in. So I'll give you an example. When it came to the World Cup, um, I had what I would term as free money that I'd, 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 <laughs> that I'd extracted from these match bets, and I'd, I'd covered all the, you know, all the all the options um, on the World Cup. So, um, you know, in terms of the the big team so you know that was that was sort of going into the finals um it, it was all covered with, which was all really nice so um yeah there's definite mileage in it um i think you've got a, you've got a, you gotta you gotta you kind of there's the, you know there's some subtle nuances to doing it and you can end up screwing it up um if, if you don't follow the, the basic principles behind it. But, it but yeah i mean there's definite there's definite scope there um, in terms of um, just making making the best use of free money.
4: Yeah, uh, that's
1: literally it. Yeah, I, mean. I, I don't bet at all, and uh, and it sounds really rather reasonable to me. I have no vices. I don't, <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, bet. I it's... don't do anything, and yet you... I'm suddenly thinking, oh God, perhaps I should uh, I should start <laughs> doing this because uh, it doesn't look to me as if I could ever lose. You just well, constantly uh, bet s- betting, betting against Chelsea. I don't want to do that. That'd be no, unfair.
4: don't don't bet, don't bet against Chelsea. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Couldn't do that. But I'll tell I'll tell yeah. you what it's no, It sounds you know, pretty the, reasonable
1: the, to me. Yeah. Tommy, there's yeah. a
0: fair point here, you know. Cause Marco, you know, he he properly has a bet. He really does know his onions. I mean, and I, I got into it when I was making these programs. And what, what I realized very very quickly is that If you really know your football, like we all do, then actually you've got a pretty good chance. And one of the reasons for that is that bookmakers, and Tom will possibly uh, validate this point in a minute, but basically bookmakers are quite lazy. So they don't have the granular detail that quite often we do. And that's where you can screw them up. Am I right, Tom?
4: Yeah, that's completely right. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of tennis as well. I'll be watching a match and I know when someone's about to throw it and the odds don't reflect that. So you've kind of got an edge yeah. in a way, haven't you? Yeah.
0: No, yeah. If you know your you, you 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 sport, you do. Yeah. Sorry, mate.
3: No, I was just going to say that there's that, that, a bet that, um, it's quite, quite that, that, what, what seems to be quite popular with the bookmakers now is they have this thing called request a bet where, where you can actually email them, um, a a set of bets within a game and my my current favorite is um uh three both teams have three corners and uh and and tag that with um you know over over 1.5 so two goals in a game so so for example in that chelsea game yesterday um i backed uh, two, two, over over 1.5 goals I say so two goals or more and each team to have three corners um, uh, you know and that, that is quite a reason you know I've made quite a lot of money over, over time doing that and, uh, you know it's something like you'll, you'll get odds of maybe um, a little over even money which isn't brilliant but you know f- for a bet that comes in four times out of five um it's quite quite in it's quite you know those those types of bet um are quite interesting to me anyway yeah
4: Uh, that's pretty good and if you're doing match betting as well to get a free bet which you can then place on your request to bet
3: yeah risk-free isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly i mean i think they probably the most generous company and i only say this because i I don't actually use them to bet um i bet 365 are they used to do oh, yeah. fifty pound free in-play bets, and it's now twenty-five pounds. But you can, you know, match bet that off to to have, you know, essentially get not far, you know, maybe twenty-two, twenty-three quid mm-hmm. uh, risk-free every time they do it, which is about once a month. So they,
4: they do actually do fifty as well. If you've been betting with them a do lot, they? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had one over the World Cup. Um, right. they, saw, they have tiers. I think it goes ten pounds, twenty-five, and fifty. But yeah. If you're making uh, like a 50 pound free bet, you're making forty quid off that guaranteed as well.
3: Risk yeah, free. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: yeah.
0: I like this. this. As Jonathan said, this sounds like well easy money. Um so I mean the reality
4: <laughs> is, Tom, how much can you make? And uh you know, and how can you help us? Um it it completely varies with how much time and stuff you've got. Uh we've got a guide that sort of takes you through from starting with as little as ten quid. And we tell people you can turn that into about £800 pounds within two to three months, which is actually, you know, it's quite a lot of money. But in terms of match betting, it isn't because when you're doing it constantly, you can make easily £100 quid a week, £150 quid a week. So it's like an extra five grand a year that, that you wouldn't have basically. And we just uh, guide or, you through a, how to do around,
0: it. Or around, around, around in the cock pub for for me basically.
4: Yeah, you know, there we go. Well, I, I did do a, road road do a bit of research. Yeah. I think that's uh, about four season tickets at Chelsea. Is it four or five season tickets? So. Uh, well, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Or, or what? You one sit if you're where Jonathan. I sit. Yeah. yeah one, just one where I <laughs> <Exactly>. sit. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan sits in the posh yeah, seats, Tom.
4: Oh, does he? Has he got a box as well. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 <laughs> not, not well, a box. No, never do that.
1: No, 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 not doing a box. No, I just sit in the. I sit in. We have we have special armchairs and a roaring fire. Oh, venison
0: wow. <laughs> pie we have as well. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with freshly shot venison as well. So so basically, you, you can make a decent amount of money doing this, even if you're kind of doing it for fun, Tom.
4: A lot of people do. I mean, um, I did it full-time for a while, which is why I got the, the job with Team Profit, um, to help other people do it. But even sort of like your part-time mum that's at home making 200 quid a week or whatever, it, it all adds up. I mean, on average, you can make between 500 to a grand a month just from these free bets which sounds outrageous but it really does happen it's just free money but then also you could just get the free bets and punt them if you wanted to which is what a lot of people do so you're not actually guaranteeing any money but you're doing risk-free gambling because you're just getting free bets and gambling them essentially
1: where's where's the money in it for the
4: for the for the bookie then well, is there is. They, they must. They must realise this is
1: going on. Is it of just enti- enticing you in? Is that what they're after?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what the actual figures are, but obviously, a certain percentage of people that are going to take up these free bet offers are just punters, like pure punters, um, and then a massive percentage are match betters. So they do have like departments to try and weed out the match betters because they don't like it. They're losing right. money from it, but it's hard for them to do, you know. And we have different ways of sort of disguising it. Like the Bet three six five offer Mark mentioned, fifty pounds, will tell people to bet forty. So if they run a report and see everyone that's bet fifty, ah, we won't clever. we won't flag up, things like that. Clever. It's like completely legal, but they just absolutely hate it. And so if you were sports. in a casino,
1: you'd be visited by the heavy mob because you've got I'd, a plan. I would going.
4: imagine if we were in a casino we'd get dragged out the back and probably and yeah,
1: and various things stuck up your backside. Yes, yeah, I Some, something yeah. Something along those lines. Something along those lines, yeah. Yeah. Good. To so Tom,
0: no, no, indeed. Well, what, what, so you know, obviously, you, you've gone through quite a lot of the pros, which is you can win money and it's fairly easy, and you're also mugging off the betting companies, which in my book can, can't be a bad thing. Uh, <coughs> what are the cons
4: about this? Um, I mean, there's there's not really that many <laughs> downsides to it. I guess the bookies don't like it, so you can go from earning a thousand pound a month and then all of a sudden your bet three six five account gets closed, and that might be your big earner. So it's just not, not always the same amount each month. That's one of the cons, I would guess. But if you just treat it as extra money, don't rely on it, then, you know, you can overcome that. Um, and then I just, well, that's pretty much it. It just won't be around forever. I'd imagine in the foreseeable years, they'll sort of find ways of stopping match betters. But for now, it's just an easy thing to do. I wouldn't really say there's yeah. that many cons. Just just get on, get on it Ooh, as you can. Like, get as on as you it. Can. I've been... Well, I've been doing it myself for like four years now, and even now I'm still making money off it, which is great. I've had so wow. many bookmaker accounts closed. I've got a long list that have closed my accounts, but you know, <laughs> you're still making money. <laughs> this is fantastic. Can't you, you go know, I was a,
1: lit- can't you go in with a different name? Can't you go in with a different username and a different email address? <laughs> <It
4: gets complicated. laughs> uh, yeah, they do only allow you to have one account normally on per website, but you have people that sign up You know, their mum, their dad, their daughters, like their girlfriends and stuff like that. The dog. Um, the dog, yeah. What? I think I saw a video of one guy. He actually changed his name by Deedpole and, uh, <laughs> and then I got a new driving license and signed up to all of the websites again. So wouldn't recommend Brilliant. that, but I mean, he no. got away with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you know, this is fascinating. I, I was driving home very, very late uh, last week from London and I was listening to Talk Sport and they had this uh, this fantastic poker player on the show. Who is explaining how to go and win money on poker and it, and i tell you you know i i don't play poker and really rubbish at cards but i was riveted to this it was just great it was great listening and actually hearing about how we can mug off the bed the booking uh, the bookies is, is great I've, I've been loving this um right you've got a website haven't you tom which is teamprofit.com that tells us all yep. about how we do this and how we get on board right
4: Yeah, and we've got a Facebook group with 7,500 people. Um, If you just go on Facebook and type in match betting, it should be the first one, match betting by Team Profit. So yeah, you can always check that out as well. And what's the benefit of being on the Facebook group? Um, Just you get to see loads of offers that you might miss out on, because uh, obviously you've got all these accounts and all these websites, you've got to keep checking your emails, keep checking the websites. If you just have the Facebook group, you'll, pe- people will post when they get an email and things like that, and you, you'll just see things you might have missed. Like if uh, there's yeah. a Chelsea game on at the weekend, there's a £10 free bet to be had, you might not know. And then if you're right. in a group, you'll see it. And yeah, so make money Tom, off what's, what's the name of the website again, Tom? Oh, sorry, it's uh, teamprofit.com. Teamprofit.com.
1: Yeah, that's Good on. stuff. I'm doing that for everybody on Mixler as well, in case they've missed it, or anybody listening. Think, uh, well, listening. I'm doing, yeah, well done. A, I'm doing a, an old advertising ploy. Oh, definitely. You say, Thank you. What is it again, you say? Tell me what it well, is team again. Team Profit
0: 0207 208558. No, sorry, that's the other thing, isn't it? Sorry,
1: Tom. I'm, I'm in, <laughs> in joke. In joke.
0: Um, team Com. Yeah, uh...
1: That sounds good to me, Tom. Yeah. teamprofit.com how do you spell that t-e-a-m-p-r-o-f-i-t dot com uh, good I'll get on that right away there's a there's, a, I mean, there's like, a
0: classic line at this at this juncture Jonathan that we come up with there's there's applause and there's taking the piss
1: <laughs> that was neither uh, Tom this,
0: the, well indeed anyway look Tom this is fantastic um, we, we will all chat I'm sure uh, Marco's been very quiet because I suspect he's already been putting on lots of match bets in the last five minutes am I right Marco
3: <laughs> No, no, no! just sorting out an accumulator. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Listen, Tom,
0: before before we let you go, I mean, uh, you've got my email yep. address, so if there's anything, I mean, if you've got a Twitter uh, handle or anything, I mean, we, we'll happily put this out on our Twitter account and our Facebook accounts and get people oh, to definitely. get involved. It um, sounds like a load of fun.
4: Yeah, we're not massive on Twitter at the moment, but I'll, um, I'll definitely find out what our handle is because I'm not too sure. But uh, the Facebook group's the main mm. place to go. And obviously, the website as well. Um, Is that well, right? just it's called free.
1: Team Profit as well on Facebook?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's matched betting free with Team Profit. That's the name of the group. If you just type in matched betting, it should come up straight away on like, the matched first Matched betting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, seven and a half
1: M-A-T-C-H-E-D thousand. M A T C and Matched, <laughs> matched yeah, I betting. Think we, we get the right uh, point, bet. JK. Thank you. We get the point. I can't I emphasize have, it. That's for me, Judy.
0: That was for me well there we go um tom what can i say this sounds fantastic i'm so glad you come on and explain that because when 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 i spoke to tom originally i couldn't understand what on earth he was talking about so he's managed to explain it in a way that even i can understand which i'm absolutely grateful for we will we will get the message out on our social media and of course everybody who listens to this will i'm sure be intrigued uh tom uh, thank you so much for coming on and i wish you and team profit lots and lots of success and thank you for sharing it with us
1: Thank
4: you very much. Thanks for having us. No, and,
1: well, uh, done, nice to well, well done, Nice to meet you guys. And you too. All the best. All
0: right. See you Lovely. soon. Take care, hey, mate. Hey. Thank you very much. Cheers, hey. mate. Blimey, that was... Uh, it's not often Not often we get a bit of education on the uh, on the Chelsea fan cast, even if it's Particularly for nefarious when it's the, stuff when it's like, the, like the, betting.
1: When it's the dark arts, Gitch. Dark arts. The dark rich.
0: arts. <laughs> yeah. I like a bit of dark arts, Jonathan. I'm not averse to that. Me too. Now, talking of dark yeah. arts, Jonathan, you're the, the genius in you has segued perfectly. But, as uh, you know, we have not been doing the Monday show for a while because it's been the summer hiatus. Uh, but we've been carrying on on our Friday night incarnation, which is uh, the Love Sports shows, which Jonathan and I are on every week, joined by a guest such as Marco or Alex or Clayton or Dan Silver. Um, and, of course, uh, presented by the irrepressible uh, Aaron Paul. Anyway, um, I will remind you, for those of you who haven't listened to it already, live. And the point is, you need to listen to it. It's a radio show, and it's live. So listen Infony. to it, anyway. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, mate. Panic not. Uh, good but good anyway, good yeah, good. we're on on good Friday. Good. This Friday, between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the evening, uh, Jonathan Ollie Harbord. Ollie Harbord from uh, Football London, uh, our great mate, who's uh, very... Uh, Very intelligent and goes to the press conferences and writes great stuff. So he will be joining me and Jonathan and, of course, Aaron Paul. And as Jonathan was saying, the best thing about this show is, uh, as it's a radio show, you can actually phone in. You can phone in, join in the show. You can talk to us, debate with us live. I mean, you know, if I could do that on the Monday night show, believe you me, I would do it. But the thing is, I, you, I don't know. I mean, how many times have we got to say this, JK? But I don't think people have got the point. I know it's Friday evening and you're probably out on the piss. And I don't blame you for that. I would be too if I wasn't doing uh, the show. But please, please, please phone us because we love to hear you. We love to hear what you think. It's much more fun listening to you talking about Chelsea than it is to have us waffling on about it. Am I right, JK? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The less we now, speak, the better
0: absolutely uh, and the less i have to write in terms of content it's a very easy 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 deal now the number to call is 0208 702558 that's 0208 702558 and uh, i'll try and remind you of the number and stuff by putting it up on twitter and facebook before friday uh, but uh, if you can't get uh, you know if you can't listen to the show live don't worry i do eventually put uh, put it out as a podcast uh, on the usual platforms ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, if you do want to listen to it live, uh, it's on 558 five, AM, old-fashioned, old-school radio, 558 five, AM. But it's also on all the DA... It's on you know, your digital channels, DAB Radio. You can also listen to it online, lovesportradio.com. And you can listen to it on an app uh, like Radio Player or TuneIn or even Alexa, I am told. So it's very, very fantastic. And as English Dan has pointed out, and I think English Dan may have uh, phoned us up, actually, in the past. I recognise that handle. He says, does Marco have his stylophone tonight?
3: <laughs> I do, but Misty's just gone to bed, so um, yeah. no, no
0: stylophone tonight. No stylophone tonight. We've got a, a Misty exclusion zone around the stylophone. But we, but next time Marco's on, he will bring it on to the, the Love Sports Show because Aaron absolutely loves it. Uh, right, now, talking of things that we love, what I love most in this world are all the fantastic, fabulous people that have... Uh, signed up and joined the chelsea fancast patreon account uh which is just just lovely uh and you know if if you want to kind of help us out and help us cover the costs and all that kind of shebang then that's what you do you sign up to patreon at patreon.com chelsea hyphen sorry patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and it just means that you donate uh a little amount every month to the running of the show it's a bit like if you pay a pound for the fanzine You can do the same for the show, although it's all in dollars. We do a show a week, so a dollar a week, something like that. But really, it's up to you. I mean, anything, no matter how small or large, all equally and gleefully received. Uh, Now, I I promised long and hard last season that I would think of uh, kind of special things to do for the people who are patrons or patrons, if you prefer, uh, in recognition of the fact that they actually contribute to the show by paying for it. and I have had some good ideas, and I, and I actually did something really unique, because I managed to get the Patreon app on my phone. So when I was sitting there in my underpants, sweating away in the heat of the summer with nothing to do, I thought, I know, I'll put a message from the Podfather up on Patreon, and that's what I did. Uh, and basically, I've alerted you to the fact that it, it, we do exist, and it is there. But more to the point, I have got something very, very, very special in the pipeline. I cannot tell you what it is yet because that would ruin the surprise. But I was racking my brains as to what we could do with the money, which w- which you, the Patreons, would be able to see at every home match in the knowledge that you, more than anyone else, has contributed to. And as I said, I can't say any more yet, but you will be the first to see it. In fact, what will happen is I will post you a picture of it before I announce it. So you will be the first to know, and you will love it. You will be proud, and it is appropriate, and you will love it. Uh, but more to the point, I'm really determined to engage on Patreon and, and let you know what's coming up in the season. Kind of use it like an informal chat page magazine so that you guys on Patreon are the first to hear of what's going on uh, with the Chelsea fan cast, such as the podcast lineups, the schedules, any special events we have, meetups, spare tickets, and hopefully some unique content. Um, talking of which, Jonathan came up with a brilliant idea, I think. But he came up with an idea, which is for... <laughs> Which is for. I'm still thinking about it, JK. It is a brilliant idea, <laughs> but whether I approve or not, I'm not sure. But Jonathan's idea was to have him and I uh, record a pre or a post match video of us talking about the match. Now, um, this, I think, is a possibly a very, very good idea. We could even do it by Marco Stall and get some sound bites from him occasionally. The only thing that yes. m- worries me about this, there seems to be a plethora of. And I have to say this, and I'm sorry for the lovely American friends that we have out here. But there seems to be a plethora of Americans sticking their ugly mugs in front of a, a phone camera spouting bollocks about Chelsea. And I thought, well, I don't really want to be associated with that that nonsense. But uh, I'm sure if Jonathan and I did it, it would be much funnier and far more irreverent. And we will keep the football out of it as much as we can. No, we'll talk about the football, obviously. <laughs> so there's an idea. And I I could put that up on... Maybe what I'll do is if I put that up on just Patreon, then, then you know, we can keep it kind of fairly... Uh, What's the word? Um, I do I think of it well, indeed, just something for you guys. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. You know, we we don't need the fame, do we, Jonathan? We're infamous as it is. You know, we don't uh, need the bloody Twitter clicks and all of that. We could just do this for shits and giggles, and let the Patreon have it. You know, well, I think that actually, might be an idea. Um, what? 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 I
1: quite like the fame, actually.
0: Oh, but you're famous anyway, mate. You're more famous than me. Um, you know, you can do voiceovers you, for Banana Hill. Uh, anyway, so that's <laughs> one idea. The other the other thing is um, I, I also have, for example, access to the entire Chelsea Fancast podcast archive, but I've never um, actually put half of the early ones up. And, of course, we've been going for 10 years now, so there's a lot of people who have joined us who, who don't even know that about 200 of these podcasts exist. And believe me, at least one or two of them are quite good. So uh, I could actually, you know, for example, put them up on SoundCloud and give you kind of private access to it or something like that. I'll have a think about that. So there's loads of ideas, uh, you know. And the other thing is, if you've got any ideas about what you would like us to do that's unique and special for Patreon, let me know and uh, we will try and do it. So how, how do you think about that, Jonathan? I have, I've had a think. I've definitely had a think, haven't I? You've,
1: you're, 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 you've been eating lots of fish. You. Your, I have. your brain is I have. Well, well oiled. It's, uh, it's actually, it's I've been eating lots good. of
0: meat. I've been eating lots of meat Uh-oh. this weekend because it's been barbecue, barbecue sent. Oh, yeah, you know, Steve Mo has just put Chell Tell Stories. There is, for example, Steve, uh, uh, an edited highlights of the best of Chell Tell Stories, Tales from the Shed, which are two podcasts worth. I could put that up there. So there you go. Anyway, brilliant. Food for thought. Uh, and there we go. Right now, uh, more serious matters Chelsea supporters trust. Uh, have got our, Well, we've got our AGM, uh, which is the most important meeting we have in the year, and that's going to be on Sunday the 19th of August, the day after the Arsenal match at Stamford Bridge. Uh, you do need to be a paid-up voting member to attend because there are votes involved, but it's well worth attending uh, as it's where we present our annual report about what we've been up to in the year and a summary of the results of the annual survey, which was completed last May. And, of course, it will also launch the board elections where you can vote me off. No, 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 don't do that. Where you can vote for a new board and uh, also vote on the motions, which kind of outline and set the agenda for what we're going to do in the next year. So if you're a, a voting member and you're paid up, do come along on the 19th of August. It's at the Stamford Bridge. Uh, two o'clock I think it kicks off, but uh, if you're not a member, go and bloody sign up and do it quick, because you won't have much time. And if you want to do that, it's very, very easy. Uh, you get a badge, a nice shiny badge, if you pay five quid to be a paid-up voting member, which means you can attend the meetings. And to do that, you go to com, uh, and it's all pretty easy to do it from there. And of course, follow them on Twitter at chelsea s trust. So, uh, what else is new? Well, new season, new uh, new CFC UK. I delivered my article for He Who Must Not Be Named very, very late, but he gave me a very special dispensation as it was my birthday, and he's very lovely for doing it. Anyway, the new CFC UK will be out for the Huddersfield match and is entitled, Come on, come on, hurry up, Sari, come on, which I just think is genius. So, well, well very done, good. Dave, for... So, very good. Well, somebody put on Twitter, mate, when they saw that. That'd be great. Get that going in the shed end, and we will pogo afterwards, which I think would be a fantastic idea. For those of you who don't know, it's uh, it's Sham69. Sham69. come on. We're going down going the pub. Going down
1: the pub. Yeah. 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 My yeah. kind of song.
0: So there we go. So that's on the cover with uh, uh, Signore Sari as well. So there you go. Now, get hold of it on the stool at a match day uh, at home and you'll see Marco. You'll see you, won't we, Marco? At the stool. Yes. For a little chat. I can have a little chat with Marco. Bring him a hot chocolate when it gets cold or a limoncello in the summer months. And he'll be a very happy man. Uh, Does a sterling job there, standing there getting uh, uh, rheumatism, arthritis, and uh, frostbite, usually. Uh, If you uh, can't actually turn up to the stall itself, uh, then, you know, it's on sale by the sellers on a match day in the streets and away, of course. But you can subscribe uh, easily, and you can get it digitally by going online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. Or if you want a hard copy in the States, you go to Dan Lundberg, who is at d.lundberg. Underscore. Last, but by no means least, of important shout-outs. And I think, actually, given what Marco was saying and Jonathan about the uncertainty uh, surrounding the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge, it kind of brings into focus quite sharply the wonderful organisation that is the Chelsea pitch owners, who, of course, own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and the pitch, and they make sure and ensure that football, uh, Chelsea, more to the point, will always play at the ground that is our home. Uh, unless something nefarious happens. And to stop something nefarious happens, the thing that you have to do is to go and buy a share. Go and buy a CPO share. They only cost you 25 quid each now, uh, or you can buy up to, I don't know how many you can buy up to, actually, but they used to be 100 quid, so they've they've dropped the price, which is a great thing. Uh, All you have to do, email info at chelseapitchowners.com and, of course, check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea-pitch-owners and follow them on Twitter at now. In part four, the last and final part, in lieu of the fact that we don't have many emails for the first show of the season, quite predictably and understandably, uh, luckily we have the legend and the genius that is Mark Warrell on the show. And, of course, Mark's had a busy summer, as he always does, and he's hoofed out another couple of books. One of them's his, which is Arrivederci, Antonio, which is a follow-up to his other book about Antonio Conte. And uh, the other one, which, I tell you what, if you if you're new to Chelsea and you're young... Go and buy this book, which is The A to Z of Chelsea, Where Were You When We Were Shocking, which is by the wonderful Neil Smith. Smithy, who uh, was part of my, well, the mob that I joined, because he's been going forever, but he knows Psycho Phil really, really well. He used to knock around with Phil in the 70s. And he's one of the nicest blokes you'll meet at Chelsea, and if, and he's got an encyclopedic mind. And uh, Marco will be talking all about those two books after the break, and Jonathan has an email to read out. So there we go, busy part. See you in a sec.
2: Fans real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com
0: Welcome back. I'm Stamford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, the last part of the first show of the new season. I, it's been a good one. We've had a lot, lot to talk about tonight and have talked thoroughly, uh, articulately about it. Now, um, normally at this part of the show, we read out, or Jonathan reads out, loads and loads of emails. But, uh, you know, as it's the first show of the season, we, we haven't had any. But we've got, we've got one from Alan at Gavarin, which is a great one. So we're going to read that out in a minute. But uh, as we've got Marco on the show, which is great timing, uh, anybody would have said that I fixed it to be so. I may well have done. But um, we've got a couple of books out from the Gate 17 stable. Uh, The first one is Arrivederci Antonio, which is by Mark himself. And the second one is uh, from Neil Smith, the wonderful Neil Smith, who's a very old Chelsea friend of mine in both senses of the word. Uh, And it's The A to Z of Chelsea, Where Were You When You Were Shocking? Can we talk about your book first, Marco?
3: Yeah, I mean, my 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 book. Uh, essentially, uh, the, the the season before last, I, I wrote a book called um, "The Italian Job," a Chelsea thriller starring Antonio Conte, and what a journey that was. We won the title, but typically at Chelsea, what goes up comes down very quickly, and so <laughs> part two of. Um, Part two of Antonio Conte's uh, little odyssey in SW6 is um, basically the longest goodbye um, any Chelsea manager's uh, ever had, um, I think, because he'd kind of written off the season in pre-season um, with, with the comments that he made. And, and, you know, it's just kind of the, the same format as the fa- first book, um, goes through the season from kind of pre season, the sort of the hopes and expectations. Uh, pretty much as we're talking tonight about the forthcoming season, and then how it all maps out. Um, you know, with a few sound bites from supporters along the way, um, including your good self, Chidge. And I think JK gets a mention in there as well. Oh, but yes. it's, I'll yeah, buy it it's, then. It's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just a supporter's eye view of the, the, the granular uh, life of um, what, it, what, it, what it's like, you know, what, what Chelsea's like. And obviously the, the conclusion, uh, we, we all know what happens in the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, people seem to enjoy the first book. So that just wraps that up. Um, and then Neil's book... Uh, well, Neil's been working on this book for, for for quite some time, and and I know you've sort of spoken at length about him there. But uh, Neil Neil's encyclopedic knowledge of Chelsea is such that um, he he actually found errors in. Um, the the masterworks of uh, recent masterworks of Rick Glanville, Chelsea historian. Blimey. That's how sharp his mind is. Um, you know, he, he's the kind of guy, I mean, I've been going to Chelsea for um, what we talking about, God, I don't know, 45 years, whatever, something like that. He's been going a lot longer, but he, he can actually tell me um, scores, attendances, Teams and bits of detail from pretty much every game he's been to, which goes back to the sixties. So his his kind of books are is, the nice thing about it. It's kind of like this this personal journey. Um, but but it's uh, they're all games where um, the first the first game um, is Villa 2, Chelsea 0 from nineteen seventy eight. And, you know, he tells the story about the day and the hopes and how the hopes are dashed. And it and it just follows a similar path, you know, particularly back then when expectation wasn't all that, nowhere near the same as it is now. Um, you know, a lot of those games were uh, are in when we were in the second division as well. Um, and it's just it's told in a really easy-paced, whimsical way, um, and you just think, you know, wow, what what a good story! And you know, you know and the horrors are all in there Rotherham six, Chelsea nil, um, you know, Middlesbrough seven, Chelsea two. Uh, there's no end of um horror stories in, in, in this book, uh, but but you know, it's it's, it's just really well written, um, and it kind of under underlines, um, you know that that sort of, you know, people say, oh yeah, he's a proper Chelsea that fella, and it's not it's not because he was there when we were shocking, um, or you know, it's it's just that he was there at a time when the team, you know, was was the team, and he just went home and away, um, and you know, these are kind of like painful away games. Um, but, you know, throughout, although the football was, uh, you know, wasn't all that, you know, all the camaraderie um, and the hopes, all, all those things that every football supporter, doesn't matter which team you support, um, you know, would readily identify with. And I think, you know, I actually said, I, I can't remember if I put it in a in review I did of the book, that, you um, Supporters of other clubs would love this because they can readily identify with it. And obviously, if they hate Chelsea, they'll they'll love reading about um, all all the the misfortune that that, that goes with this game. And One final thing, um, you know, for people who've been going a long time um, and and also sort of the younger generation, um, you kind of, you know, there are people who pass away, or people that aren't with us anymore, and that all of those little um, nuances are brought into his writing, so it's a great little book um, and, you know, it's available worldwide, as are all Amazon book, uh, sorry, all Gate 17 books, doesn't matter where you are in the world, if you've got an Amazon account, you'll be able to get it uh, with local, printed locally with local postage rates so, um, yeah and uh, also available in Ebook book formats for for people who like them that way
0: well i mean you know i for one i'm looking forward to reading these i've got my with you mark i'm a bit disappointed i'm a bit disappointed
3: <laughs> what what i've oversold neil's book <laughs> i can't oversell it it's brilliant
0: no no i mean i i more of that in a minute but first of all more importantly i've i've yet to receive my review copies of both books which i'm clearly gutted about but uh, I know that they'll be fantastic because I know and love Neil very, very well. As I said earlier on, he, he, he was, you know, when I came back to the fold and, and found some like-minded people to go with, which which I didn't when I first started coming years ago, uh, you know, Neil, your, Neil that's was, been delivered because I don't
3: know if... Do you know Barnet? Do you know Barnet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punk Rocket, yeah. He works for a printing company who are in Acton, so I finally got rid of the monkey off my back in Poland um, Mm. and and now getting um, the books that we sell on the store printed locally. So, um, yeah, you you, you can have your um, review copies, collect them at the Arsenal game. I will. I look
0: forward to it. Oh, don't worry. I'm only pulling your leg, but I mean, I'm really looking forward to. I mean, with no offence, Marco, but particularly Neil's book because you know, yeah, I, know I know that know, Neil's right. been plotting. I know that Neil's been plotting this for a long, long time, and he is one of. He's also one of the nicest uh, people you'll meet at Chelsea. He's he's what if I was to if I was to describe Neil in one word, it would be avuncular. You know, he really is such a lovely, he is. you know, red-faced, very friendly, very lovely guy. I mean, to tell you a story about, about Smithy, I mean, he, he was he was with us, well, I, I'd i sadly buggered off home by then, but he was with all of my mob uh, in Munich, absolutely larging it up with them. I remember at the, the first, the infamous uh, launch meeting of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, where unusually uh, for me, because I can normally make myself heard over a crowd and get them to shut up, uh, they were all completely, I mean, the whole place was so mobbed. We had about 100 people over capacity in the Fulham, C, C, what is it, the CIU or CSU, whatever it's called. And uh, and they were all going potty about, would you believe it, uh, the, where was Thibaut Courtois? Or was what, as some uh, quite, quite drunk bloke pointed out, what about Cortez? And they really didn't want to hear about the trust. And they were all wanting Kerry Dixon, who was our special guest, and Neil basically just got up on a, ch- a table and told them all to shut up because I was talking and they needed to bloody well listen to me. So Neil is an absolute star. And as you said in the, in the preview on Amazon, Marco, he, he's seen more than 2,000 Chelsea games and he's been going since 66. And, and as you say, he's got an encyclopedic mind. I was talking to somebody the other day about Kelvin Barker who is, you know, he is Mr. Chelsea in the 80s, and his recall of every every salient de- uh, incident is remarkable. Of course, the reason for that, I now know, is that Kelvin doesn't drink, so he can remember it. What makes Smithy's yeah. memory even more remarkable is that he drinks like a fish, so I don't know <laughs> how he does it at all. But there you go. No, got- oh, well, look, good luck to you.
3: You what, mate? No, no, I am just saying, oh, it's bizarre. He should go on... I don't know, mastermind or something. I mean, I would yeah. imagine, you know, his ability to retain all kinds of trivial information are probably um, the, the same. So, mm. yeah.
0: Well, look. When uh, good luck to you both with those books. I mean, you know, you, you you've been listening to, to this show long enough. You look out there to know Marco well and what a fabulous writer he is and what a lovely fantastic bunch of books he has on gate 17 these two i promise you will not disappoint and uh, on that point i will endeavor to find uh, get get smithy out to a pub put a beer or two in front of him and have my tape recorder with me and do an interview with him about the book because uh, I, I will do anything i can she to plug on, neil's book the show. Because... yeah but mate neil <laughs> and skype
3: Oh God! Yeah, he's got. The, I, it, it took me years to get him on Twitter.
0: Yeah, you know it ain't happening. Well I tell you, what will happen, and and it, and in fact, actually, you will know Smithy. You lot out there, if you remember when we did the podcast, which had an interview with uh, Mark Me and, and and Smithy about the Eddie McCready book, because they co-authored that amongst others. Uh, Smithy was on that, and you'll remember how good that podcast was. I did a special one-off of them being interviewed about that book. And what I did is I went to the atlas and basically poured beer down Smithy's face. And once you do that, the stories start flowing and he's hilarious. So we'll do one to plug his book because I'd do anything to help him out on this. And what, would, what do you think of them?
1: Well, the ideas behind the book. <laughs> the whole of the ideas. I, don't, I, I can only, only give you a, a vague outline, which, of course, uh, Marco has done already with, uh, with uh, excellence as usual. But um, uh, mm-hmm. I think they're worth a purchase, as is nearly everything that Marco uh, um, has on his, uh, his list of books. I may say that the, um, uh, the marvellous um, uh, Tim Rolls book, uh, Doherty's Diamonds. Doherty's, what was the title, Marco? Doherty's, what was uh, it exactly?
3: Diamonds, Dynamos and Devils.
1: Yes, right, that's right. It was a, a fabulous read and a very upsetting one because the trouble is you know the outcome and it doesn't get any better. Because it's not a fiction, yes. but uh, but very enjoyable, indeed.
0: Well, there'll be a few, I reckon, because Smithy's been watching Chelsea since '66. Not quite as long as you have, it has to be said. But there'll be some moments in there that you will no doubt recall. So I, I reckon definitely worth a purchase. We're going to get him on. We'll get well. We, we can't get him on the show because he just won't be able to cope with that technology. But I'll do an interview with him and, and put it into the show because it'll be great value. Right, Jonathan, we'll your be moment has come. Recall
1: and recoil from. Recall and recoil as we realise yes, the indeed. awfulness of what we went will. on. Um, we this is from indeed. Alan Gavrin. I don't agree with it. I'm going to have to call him out, Alan Rootless Cosmo. Guys, welcome back. I've missed you all. Here on the FanCast, we're blessed with many more knowledgeable than me about matters tactical, so I will stick to managerial issues. Sadly, our beloved club seems to be run by a group of people who would make the Conservatives' handling of Brexit look like a masterpiece of precision, organisation and strategy. I'm an out-and-out proud supporter of the wonderful Antonio Conte, but rather than wind Jonathan up by rehashing those arguments again... (laughs) I will simply say that the thing that Mourinho, Conte and now, sadly, Sarri all have in common is that our wonderful board have not backed them properly to do the job they're paid to do. Manage the team to success on the field. The two ways that this has happened for the last two seasons are, number one, dreadful transfer window planning, if any, and execution. And number two, bad organisation of pre-season preparations due to the aforementioned lousy transfer window management, and also to the priority given to commercial jaunts across the world, rather than serious amounts of time, dedicated to the manager working with the whole squad, getting to know them properly, training them in his tactics, and building team dynamics. I think we've spoken about that, haven't we? Actually, there's Mm. pretty good evidence about the effects of this serial pre-season bodging. In the last 14 years... We have appeared in nine community shield matches and we've only won two. Although Wikipedia generously says we've been runners up seven times.
2: <laughs> it's beyond belief. <laughs> I love
1: it. it is beyond belief that we are four days away from the closing of the window with a group of strikers, any of whom would struggle to be third striker at our rivals. True. In the last, however, many years in the last, however, many years, we've been fortunate to have two of the best and most effective strikers in the Premiership, Drogba and Costa. And in both cases, we've not had a suitable backup, let alone two or three strikers to rotate like our rivals. I know this season is different with the World Cup and the earlier closing of the window, but both things were well known long ago. Why on earth did we not have our targets identified and purchased before the World Cup? Does anyone believe we've been seriously interested in Aaron Ramsey for months or has it just popped into someone's head it has because an agent has mentioned he might be available? Everyone knows that Higuain does not conform to Chelsea's normal transfer policy. Even Sari would surely know that. So why all the fuss about trying to sign him with trips from Marina to Turin if we never really wanted him? Why haven't we been honest with Sari rather than wasting so much time and looking foolish and desperate? If we really wanted Rugani, why haven't we got him or got our plan B or plan C? Would a director of football make a difference? I doubt it in the court of Tsar, Roman. Whether you like Mourinho, Conte or Sarri best, unless and until the board fully back the managers to do the job they're highly remunerated for and give them the absolute best tools and circumstances for their work, they will always be managing with at least one hand tied behind their back. Ruthless Cosmo, Alan Gavarin. Yes, Alan. Yes, good points. I think we've looked at some of these already. Um, you said but, you didn't uh, agree with it. I don't, but good points. He's, but you, uh, you were it's, agreeing
0: it's, with it all the time.
1: No, I didn't. I agree with that a bit about having another striker set up. I agree with that. We didn't have that. When we had um, Costa, we had uh, Loric Remy for a period, didn't we? Which was a bit foolish. Um, But no, I mean, you can pick it apart. We didn't really want Regani, so that was never in in place. Um, uh, We never wanted Higuain, uh, so I don't know why that was believed. Similarly, the Aaron Ramsey story is just made up. All the stories are made up. There is just absolutely no, no truth in any of them. It's just so obvious. The board have either been working on... On stuff, or they haven't. I think we're, you know, I, I really would love to be surprised in the next four days remaining that they do make a big purchase. But he've, they've got to be sorting it, you and, and we've discussed it. Wouldn't be surprised if nothing happens. But I, I, mm. I, I think they were they were definitely hampered last season because of uh, Conte's weirdness. Um, but it may be that uh, they just aren't going to purchase anybody anymore. That may be it. That may be it. We may be stuck with it the way it is now. It may be it. And and as Marco um, uh, argued so excellently, um, it, it may be that we have to make do with what we've got. And I think we've got some pretty good players. And uh, perhaps that's just what we have to deal with.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, basically we've still got the, the title winning squad there. Uh, minus, yeah. minus a decent striker, which is kind of the point I was making earlier on. You know, that's where we we do... We'll Perhaps so there is somebody
1: lined
3: up. up. In the league, so now
0: you're going to believe are gonna us. are going to believe us, so now you're going to believe us. Bob no, you're just said to something
2: really interesting. He says,
0: I'll surprise you, JK, by sending you a Burley hooker. Okay. Uh, that reminded me uh, of uh, Craig Burley, who said something... Uh, on ESPN that absolutely I didn't see what he said to be fair but uh, I, I understand that he was saying that we're, we're becoming like Arsenal and he got absolutely canned for this and yet this is something that we've been saying on this show for the last year and a half particularly Tony the Arsenalification of Chelsea uh, so you know I'm not going to stick up for Craig Burley who's a, who who I think is a toothless dick but you know the bottom line is: this is what we've been saying, and maybe this is what we're seeing play out. Anyway, I hope not because uh, I can't stand Arsenal. But there you what go. Bat? Now, um, for you, look, you what?
3: What youth? What? I know no, what um, excitement that there's a bat flying in the garden, so Misty's come to see it.
0: <laughs> oh wow! It sounds like something like a scene out of Hunter S. Thompson, mate.
2: This is yeah, back yeah, country.
0: Yeah. Well, how about that? There are bats in Margo's There'll be a Belfry. bat flying you... in
1: the garden. The omens are not good.
0: Indeed. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, now, look, you lot out there, uh, particularly to Alan, thank you for sending in your email, uh, which I thought Jonathan wasn't too harsh on, to be honest, but there you go. Uh, we, as, as you know well by now, we love to hear your emails. We will always do our bestest and darndest to read them all out. Um, but for that to happen, then you need to get them to me at chelseafancast at gmail.com, preferably on a Sunday night latest. I, I do the script on a Monday, so I like them you know, ready to go on a Monday, so make sure you get them in on the Sunday, because uh, otherwise you might miss the cut. Uh, so there we go. Get them to chelseafancast at gmail.com, and they will be read. Now, I'm afraid that is all we've got time for tonight. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, of course, where I'll be joined by Jonathan... And the return of the smart buddies, Tony Glover whoop, 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 and whoop, Alex whoop, whoop, Churchill. Whoop, whoop. Yes, indeed. So it'll be absolute chaos next week because we'll probably we will probably be fresh off a four-nil drubbing from Huddersfield. And Tony and Alex will just be absolutely vitriolic, so it'll be hilarious. No, Tony will be pacifying everybody, telling everybody to stop shitting their nappies, and Alex will just basically spontaneously combust in a foul-mouthed litany of very naughty swear words. That is what will happen on Monday, remember where you heard it first. Uh, Now, talking of Tony, happy birthday to Tony, the Reverend Tony Glover, because it's his birthday today, and of course it was my birthday yesterday. And I just want to say, uh, in particular, thank you. Uh, for all of your amazing, wonderful messages uh, saying happy birthday to me on Twitter and Facebook yesterday, they were really appreciated. Uh, I was getting most of them I as I was having lunch with my family. And uh, Marco, you'll be delighted to know that the first uh, birthday greeting that I showed my mother was the one that you sent to me on Twitter with uh, <laughs> happy birthday chidge emblazoned upon Debbie Harry's fine, pert breasts. Oh, yeah. She did have a t shirt on, I have to say. She <laughs> she to add. My mum was most impressed with that. She thought that was great. So there you go. So thank you so much. Uh, but the other thing was, by the way, it took me... I, I kind of watched the match back when I got back, and it took me the entire match and another hour to respond to every message that I got on Facebook and Twitter. So you were just amazing. I'm just so touched. Thank you very much. Now, uh, do not forget to tune into to the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio this Friday between 7 o'clock and 9 p.m., ...with me, Jonathan, Ollie Harbord and the uh, wonderful Aaron Paul... ...where we, we will, of course, be talking all things Chelsea... ...and looking ahead to the real start of the football season... ...and our match against Huddersfield. And as Jonathan and I were saying earlier on... ...the best thing that you can do uh, to make me happy... ...is to phone in, join in the show, debate with us live... The number to call is 0208 70 and we will, of course, send you reminders about this before Friday. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Please follow us and me, Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Marco at Gate 17 Marco. And, of course, check out the website, chelseafancast.com. Uh, it's, uh, I should actually at this juncture, just reminded me actually that I should say thank you very much to the wonderful Hion who has been in Mixler. Uh, this evening, I know, and he edits, and uh, does a fine job editing the uh, the ChelseaFanCast.com website. He writes loads and loads and loads of stuff up there, as do many bloggers uh, who are, in no particular order, the wonderful Vin de Blue, Vinny, uh, Dean Mears, who's in the house tonight, Chris Bradford, uh, Simon Phillips, the, uh, uh, well, the irrepressible Simon Phillips, we should say, uh, who does a fine job, and has got his own podcast now, because... Uh, I said to him he couldn't come on mine until... uh, This is an interesting fact, actually. I did say to Simon, who asked if he could come on the podcast, and I said, of course you can, but you have to have had a drink with me before a game and afterwards. Those are the rules. And he, he he couldn't do that, so he's set up his own podcast. But fair enough, no problem with that. Uh, so Simon Phillips, CFC Science, also known as Dave, uh, Nick Blakely, Nick Stroudley, who's new to us, a blue up north, the wonderful John Ellis, and of course the uh, the unique, beautifully formed Alex Churchill. The Girl who likes balls. Uh, there are others who contributed last season. We welcome your contributions. If you want to write for the ChelseaFancast.com website, just email uh, ChelseaFancast at gmail.com. Thank you to all those who do. Uh, we get it posted out on Twitter, Facebook, and the rest of it. Makes, makes it easy for you to write it, uh, to read it, and uh, check them out. Uh, like and retweet them, and just show them some love, uh, as I will do to Marco and Jonathan now. Marco, as always, mate, lovely to get the season underway with you, my friend.
3: Yeah, cheers, buddy, and uh, see you very soon.
0: You will indeed. I look forward to seeing you bright and early at the stall on uh, on Saturday the 18th of August. After I've had a week at Lord's, it will be refreshing.
3: Actually, I think I'm doing the, the lot sport thing with you. Uh, Are you? The day before?
0: The day before Shall the I Arsenal game. I, th- I think oh, you yeah. might. I think you might well be right. I can. I can check. I can talk and uh, scroll down my phone and just reveal that, in fact, uh, no. Yes, oh, no. you're right. No, no, you're right. You're right. Friday the seventeenth on the Love Sports Show is the same lineup that we have tonight. You lucky, oh, lucky it'll people. Be Apart from, it, it'll be I brilliant. I know. Except be I'll one have edition, to which of course. Exactly that. We'll have the stylophone as well. Uh, So Marco, brilliant. Uh, I'll see you on that Friday. Look forward to it. Maybe we can sneak in a quick cheeky beer on the. Oh no, I've got. Oh, actually, I'm meeting. I'm meeting somebody straight after the show that night. But uh, anyway, I'll see you then, and I'll see you on the Saturday. It's business, mate. Business. Take it easy. Yeah, my. I will. Jonathan. Jonathan, you are superb as always.
1: always. Thank you. I'll bring the to have you
0: you on the. you do that and I'll see you on Friday, JK. Looking forward to it already. Thank you, you lot out there for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up the chill. Up the chill. chill.
2: Bye.